The Harry Corey Summer Sale is now on with massive savings and fantastic ideas to transform your home for less. Visit us in-store or online at harrycorey.com. Harry Corey, the curtain embedding specialist. The summer sale is now on. On this episode, delighted to say I'm being joined by Jay Lafferty, who is one of the stars of the Scottish stand-up comedy scene, but also the person who is helping me fulfil my dream by letting me do a couple of spots on one of our Edinburgh shows. Jay, great to have you on again. How are you? I'm well, thank you very much. How are you? I'm fine, I'm fine. Um, Probably not as busy as you. I've had a busy uh, few weeks, but I know with with Edinburgh, just around the corner, you will be run off your feet. You've got a pretty busy time ahead of you. Uh, yes, I am currently uh, sitting in my office space, which is under the stairs of my house. It's a proper Harry Potter situation going on here. And um, my living room is full of set for the kids show because I've just been running through that um, making sure that I remember it um, and just rehearsing that. And um, yeah, I have... Um, a whole load of rehearsals going on today elsewhere as well um, for the interventions. So I've got directors and um, stage choreographers working with two comics, Gus Limburn and Gareth Much, uh, today as well. So yeah, I'm a bit busy and I have to go and pick up my son in an hour as oh, well. So that's well, listen, a bit... uh, yeah. well, look, uh, so, so, some people will go to Edinburgh and they have one show to worry about. You, you have... An awful lot. So you, I mean, you've probably got about four separate things on the go. I do, yeah. I have lots going on. And this is me having an easy year because I decided not to do a solo show. So usually I would be doing an hour-long solo show as well. But I felt that I did a solo show last year when everybody didn't want to take the gamble because there was no idea if um, the fringe was going to happen or not last year. And I took the gamble, which beautifully paid off um, and did an hour solo show. I think I was the only female comic in the brochure doing the entire run. So I was told by many media outlets anyway. Um, so I kind of felt that that earned me this year off from doing a solo show. So I thought I was going to have an easy year, but then of course... Um, my eyes were bigger than my stomach and I've just gone mad on <laughs> lots of other opportunities. Oh, wow. So how did you, how how will your days unfold then? So you, so let me get get this right. So you're doing a children's show. You're also doing, there's a, there's a play that you're producing. You're also doing the club set show, more about that later. And then you've also got the final thing. Uh, is it late and live you called it? Yeah. Yeah, so I, uh, I've i got a children's show, so I have a theatre, it's a children's theatre show, um, which I've taken on a Scottish tour before, but I've never taken it to the fringe. And it's a mixture of animation, music, storytelling and puppetry. Uh, so I have that every morning at quarter past 10 in the morning for all the little little guys. So it's for zero to eight year olds. Where's so that going to be? What's the venue? Let's let's do the kind of tick box as we go so we make sure we've got all the plugs okay. in. <laughs> uh, so it's called The Song of Fergus and Kate and it's on at the Gilded Balloon TV it's every morning at quarter past ten and it's for children aged eight and under. Brilliant. Um, so lots of little ones. It's really dynamic and exciting and it's interactive as well so the kids get on the stage and, and get involved in the show. 
which is really nice. So I am doing that and then I am producing a play um, written by comic writer, published writer, Keir McAllister and performed with two comedians, Gareth Much and Gus Limburn and that's called The Intervention and that is on every day at Gilded Balloon TV at three o'clock. Then I have club sets, which we're going to talk about. You're going to come along and do. Uh, and that's at half past four every day at the Scottish Comedy Festival. And then I am one of the four female hosts in the new revamped Late and Live um, at the Gilded Balloon, which is a kind of iconic... Late and Live is one of those iconic fringe nights um, that's been going for, gosh, like more than 20 years, I think and um, has had documentary made about it and all sorts of things. Uh, and yeah, so they're doing the Gilded Balloon. Katie Corrin is doing a big revamp of it and has four females um, kind of at the helm. Uh, so that's really exciting. So I'm going to be doing that late night, every night. And then I've also got stuff with The Stand, doing Best of Scottish and The Late Show. And I'm coming across to Glasgow for the Glee halfway through as well. <laughs> and um, pick of the fringe at the stand as well in glasgow so i'll be coming back west a couple of times you know that is uh, but it's going to be uh, that's crazy i mean that is a pretty full diary it's a it's a shift and a half uh, i mean i don't think people who who perhaps don't really kind of know the, the 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 inner workings of the of the kind of comedy game maybe just appreciate how much effort goes into it for, for this particular month of the year I mean, and you're going to be doing the, the, the late stuff and then you're going to be up early in the morning, well, relatively early in the morning to do your kids' show again. So you're not really getting an awful lot of rest. Yeah, I'm going to top until the, you know, so I'm starting the show with the children who are a bit wild and ending it with the children who are a bit wild. <laughs> it should be good fun. Uh, I mean, I've got a two and a half year old, so I'm up at the crack of dawn anyway, so I might as well be working. Um, but, you know, you're quite right. I don't think people who have never been to the Fringe or even people who have been to the Fringe, I don't think uh, people do understand that what a big part of your um, diary it is, you know. So there's comics that are coming this year who did like work in progress shows last year. So their shows are over a year in the making and they'll have done more previews for the show than they'll do shows when they get here, you know. Um, it's a huge, huge industry um, and it's, I mean, it's terrifying how big it's going to be again this year. Uh, and yeah, I mean, it's, it's a big part of your diary. You basically finish it in September, the end of August and September, you're kind of just winding down and then you've only got two months and you've got to think about it again. Because, you know, it, it's got to be registered um, and you've got to have your venues really by the end of January. So it's a huge part of the year for comedians and performers alike. Yeah, it's crazy. It's absolute madness. I don't know why we do it. <laughs> the preparation is is obviously, you know, crazy in itself. But do, do you get, uh, you know, when, in, in the summer months, you, you know, you obviously... You, you look to maybe have a holiday and, and just kind of get the batteries ready and get them fully charged for Edinburgh. Did you did you kind of try and do that this year? Did you get away at all and just and, and take your mind off things? <laughs> well, we went away two weeks ago to France with 16 families, so I wouldn't have said it was really char recharging the batteries. <laughs> 16 families? <laughs> yeah, yeah. so uh, we went away with my in-laws and my nieces and, uh, yeah, my in-laws family and, uh, and some friends. Uh, yeah, so there was 16 of us in total uh, in a, a villa in France. So um, I don't know if relaxing is what I would that say, sounds... but even... Brilliant, no. Even 
I mean, it was great, but even when I'm doing that, so I mean, everybody else is kind of wound down and um, my partner and I, we're kind of winding up. So even though we're on holiday, we were having to, you know, approve posters and write press releases and do interviews while we were on holiday. So yeah, we're away in the heat, but uh, it was still quite stressful. So we used to, before I had um, children, we used to go away in September, but yeah, that's not really viable anymore once you have kids <laughs> yeah because it's yeah little things like nursery school and school and so on so september's probably not the that's that's not the ideal time but it but it will be i imagine a month where you can i suppose you can just switch off for a little bit you know stop thinking about shows and you can just park your brain a little bit i mean once it starts there's nothing to be done do you know what i mean i think that's the thing like once you're in it you're in it and you just have to get through it and you have to do it the thing is that once it starts it's the other things you have to start worrying about is you know ticket sales and flyers and reviews and you know pr requests and uh you know whatever else may be going on making sure that you hit the zeitgeist of whatever is the theme that year and you never really know the theme until you get started so yeah, so there's all of that. It's it's constant. I mean, I I usually do between a hundred and a hundred and twenty shows in twenty seven days during the fringe. That's my that's my usual my, it's my usual tally by the end of the fringe. In two thousand nineteen, I only did ninety eight because I was eight months pregnant. So. Right. <laughs> I just but it's it's such a it's such a workload. How's your voice at the end of it? Uh, well, I was classically trained, believe it or not. So I don't touch wood. I've never had a problem with my voice. Um, but no, loads of other comics do. There's lots of people who take uh, vocalese or and stuff like it's, that. It's fringe flu or something they call it. Something, you know, I don't the know. Fringe, yeah, the fringe flu. I, I think the big part of it is that I don't really have time to do the partying during the fringe so lots of comics go at it you know they, they party hard they work hard and they party hard uh i generally because i do so many late night shows i'm generally not drinking yeah, um, yeah. and that's really where the where your voice starts to, if you're drinking and smoking yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that's and also, when your voice starts to take a pound and plus and, and also the, the, the comics are partying sit along into the night they're not doing a kids show at ten past uh, quarter past ten in the morning either uh, well, so, some of them probably are. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's brilliant. And but when you know a few years ago, before you you know you started your family, it might have been easier to 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 you know see that kind of side of the fringe. But you know you you're a mum obviously, and and you're juggling a lot, and that adds to the kind of that adds to the workload in itself, doesn't it? Yeah, um, we're really lucky because we've got family coming through. So my mum is coming to stay for the month of August. So I'm really lucky that. I, I don't have to worry too much about the kind of family side of it because I know that'll tick along and everything will be grand. The fringe is such a dynamic thing. It's great for the kids to be part of that, you know, and it's, you know, it's a family business. <laughs> so it's good for my for my wee one. I'm hoping that, so the last time I did the kids show, I was going through my IVF treatment um, and I think it was the, fourth round of IVF um, that I was going through at that point and I, I think I was feeling like you know I would never be able to do this show for my own kids my own children and so this year is going to be quite special because this is the first time I've done this, the Fergus the song of Fergus and Kate as a mum and so yeah I'm really looking forward to my little boy coming in to see it oh that'll be uh, 
because that will be quite special and, and just, yeah, just really nice to do that. Although my, my son is absolutely crazy. So no doubt he'll probably storm the stage and not <laughs> not really like the fact that I'm talking to other children and giving them a, a shot of the puppets that he's used to having on his own. <laughs> <laughs> will he be front and centre? So, Right in the front row. That'll be quite, yeah, that'll be quite exciting. So if you've got tickets for whatever day he's coming, um, I apologise now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's going to be great. Further reductions in the Harry Corey summer sale with massive savings and fantastic ideas to transform your home for less. Visit us in store or online at harrycorey.com. Harry Corey, the curtain embedding specialist. Further items reduced in store and online. And then, so the, the the intervention. Can you tell me a little bit about the the story behind that, then, and and what the what the play's about? Yeah, the intervention is a show about uh, a toxic masculinity. <laughs> but <right>. funny. <laughs> <laughs> It's about uh, straight white men and their straight white problems, um, and how they and how they think that they, you know, everybody should care about that. Um, so it's it's quite. Uh, tongue-in-cheek it's very it's quite a dark show it's quite darkly funny Um, it touches on lots of things that have been um, you know kind of prevalent certainly over these last two years and the idea of it is is that uh, the two characters are called Finn and Ali and Finn and Ali have been friends their whole lives basically they've been friends through childhood and then during the pandemic Finn disappears and Ali can't find him anywhere and then the play is really set Ali's just found out where he is and he's gone to his door to confront him. And the play takes place over an hour in this flat that he's found Ali in. And it's just really, it's a show about the dangers of changing your mind and how difficult it is to change your life when you've done the same thing and been expected to do the same thing for such a long time. Uh, yeah, so, I mean, the, the characters are in their 30s or 40s um, and, yeah, and have kind of slipped into into this kind of easy life that, you know, that was being expected of them. And, and yeah, it's, it's all about that challenge, but it's quite, uh, lots of twists and turns as people would expect from Keir McAllister, who's the, the, the writer of the bench, which was critically acclaimed in 2000, oh, gosh, 18. Yeah, 2018 yeah. and was made into, uh, it was saw by a publisher in the audience. So somebody saw the play, a representative of a publishing house, actually the biggest European publishing house, and approached me after the show to ask about the rights. And of course, during the Fringe, you hear these stories, but, you know, lots of people come up and they give you their waffle and, and give you, you know soft soap you all their flan and then you never hear from them yeah. again you know and I think at the time we were about halfway through the fringe and where I was just like yeah yeah cool give me your card I'll get in touch with you at the end of the fringe and I think I gave him my production company's card and then lo and behold the fringe finished and suddenly I had an email from um, Joseph Weinberger's who, as I say, are the biggest publishing house in Europe yeah, for plays. Yeah. And they bought the rights and published it. And yeah, so, I mean, you never know who's in your audience. That's the other thing about The Fringe is you never know who's watching. And loads of people have been discovered at The Fringe. And, you know, it's not all about, a lot of people going about the awards. There are only a few awards and the chances of you getting those awards are very slim. But there are lots of other opportunities. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the whole world comes to Edinburgh. 
Um, and there's lots of exciting things that, that can happen. And, and what happened with the bench is just one of the, the stories of fringe success. So we're looking to replicate that, you know, no Brilliant. pressure. <laughs> and it's, so this is a two-man show. It's got Gareth and, and Will, did you say? Are the... It's got Gareth Much, um, yeah. stand-up comic Gareth yeah. Much, and um, compare and award winner Gus Limburn. So yeah, so two Scottish, um, well-known Scottish comics, um, very respected on the circuit, given them, given us their acting chops. That's what I was so, going to ask. I mean, I've seen, I've seen Gareth certainly a, a, on a couple of occasions uh, doing the stand-up, but I've never seen him act. Is there something quite new to him? Is, is he is he kind of cutting his teeth a little bit then? Um, well, no, Gareth's actually a trained actor. He was trained, um, uh, he went to college and uh, he went to the Scottish Performers something or other play. I can't remember what it was called, but he, he's he's been an actor since he was a young kid um, and he's acted in other things for me in the past. Um, Gus Limburn has never done any, I would say real acting. I mean, he's been in sketches, he's done some stuff on the telly, but he's never done like a theatre play before. But my company, so I run a production company called Watch the Space Productions. And the whole ethos of Watch the Space Productions was to work with Scottish and Scottish-based comics to develop their skills and repertoire and 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 push them and give them opportunities that they maybe wouldn't normally get so that's kind of our ethos and it's worked really well you know we've the bench had um, Vladimir McTavish in it uh we did uh, Madame George with Jojo Sutherland we've done lots of we've worked with lots of comics within an acting realm and and we're really really lucky that in our kind of roster of supporters we have Shauna McDonald who's a renowned Scottish actress, BAFTA award-winning actress. Um, so she's been in. Um, we also work with Cal McIninch um, from Downton Abbey and Trigger Point and all these other things. So he's been in doing some stage fighting, wow. which is the first time we've we've done stage fighting. So that's exciting. <laughs> um, I mean, Gus has been punched a few times before in his life, but <laughs> I don't know. But never on stage. Well, probably on stage, <laughs> to be fair. <laughs> Did you do so? You said last year that you did your you did your 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 um, hour long show when it was a you know when it was a scaled down version of of the Fringe. Did you do any kind of play pr- production as well? Um, and there's a reason I ask that. But... No, we didn't do any plays last year, and we really were by the first week in, we were really kicking ourselves that we actually hadn't just done the bench again because the bench would have been really easy to put on because it's it's all takes part place in a park bench and we could have actually done it outside which would have been ideal for yeah. the situation that the fringe was in last year but I mean uh, the situation with the fringe 2021 was nobody knew if it was actually going to happen until three weeks beforehand and so we were all just a bit like well you don't want to put a lot of time money and effort into things that may not actually happen because of the the pandemic so it was easier for me just to write an hour of stand-up I mean I had basically a new hour because I'd I'd been doing a lot of zoom gigs and the shows had kind of started coming back in the May I'd done a lot of the stand live and things like that so I had an hour um of kind of pandemic stuff which was great and um so yeah I, I did a show called Jail Afferty Blether and it was just about getting back out there and, and chatting and talking and yeah it did really really well I mean it was sold out within the first three days of the fringe so that's great Jack Jack Doherty was telling me that he he put on his um one man play nothing but 
last year. Um, but because of the because of the restrictions and, and the social distancing and so on, not only was it a half you know half the number of seats um, filled, but also they had to keep the back door open, which for ventilation purposes. So he said that the um, the light was coming in, which wasn't ideal for the kind of show it was. But also at twenty minutes into the show. They, they took all the empties out of the pub and, and put them into the recycling bin. There's this almighty crashing sound, you know, which, uh, which wasn't ideal. But with the bench, it would have been perfect. That would have you know, been outside, obviously. It would have been. I mean, all of those things that Jack's talking about, those are things that happen on a general fringe time anyway. And I always feel like you have to kind of, the audience have to understand it's the fringe, so it's a bit mad. And, and there will be interruptions. Like I did a fringe show that, but now which year was this 2017 I did a show called Bisms and next door to me was a Doctor Who improv show and about halfway through my show I don't actually know what happened because I obviously never saw the Doctor Who show but I don't know if like, the Daleks attacked or something but there was this huge like pounding and you know just obviously something crashing next door and it happened at the same point in the show every day and within the first three days I had just I'd, I'd made that part of the show, you know, so I had it. And I think when you're doing stand-up, you've got that opportunity to kind of come out and, and acknowledge these things. It's much harder when you have a play to do that, but it, but again, it can be done. And, you know, I, I think we've, we did a play a few years ago where about halfway through it and it quite a poignant bit, there was a drag axe next door and it, it, all you could hear was, I'm coming out at the top of their, <laughs> the top of their lungs. Um, and so again, we just had to work with that and, and we we found a way to kind of work it into the play. And that's been the fringe. I mean, that's all part of the fringe. You've just got to put up with, with craziness. I mean, I've, I've had people sit, I remember one year I had somebody sit for 40 minutes in the front row. They came in late and, and the only seat that was left was in the front row. And they came and they sat down. It was a woman and her partner and they sat through 40 minutes of the show. And then at quite, again, quite an emotional part of, of the show, um, this was a stand-up show, they stood up and left. <laughs> I, I kind of, I, I couldn't just let them go because it was a bit, you know, and they had sat there, nobody else could see them, but they had sat there looking really confused. So I kind of challenged them on, on why they were leaving. Um, and it turned out that uh, they had bought tickets to see the magician that was next door. And I don't know, I think they just sat there for 40 minutes waiting for me to pull a rabbit out of a hat uh, <laughs> or disappear oh, no. or something. But 40 minutes in, they finally thought, this isn't the magician. Um, and I, wonder... I mean, I, I, I feel like just stay for the last you know, 15 minutes. You've you missed all the tricks it. anyway. I mean, there's the, the, you've missed the magician's best bits by now. I mean, you're not going to go in and catch the, you know, the, the any of his show. Oh dear. Well, that does that. That gives me the fear ever so slightly. So, so on to the on onto the bit which involves me. Yeah. So thanks to you, I'm, I'll be doing a couple of 10 minute spots at the part of the Scottish Comedy Festival at the Beehive, half past four on Friday the nineteenth, yeah. Saturday the twentieth. Yeah. Then. Yeah. So um, it's a show called Club Sets, and I've done it for years. Um, and it's just basically so the whole point of Club Sets is that the fringe shows, and I'm sure maybe you've had guests already talking about this. Um, so that the delight of having an hour long show at the fringe is that you don't have to be funny every four seconds, right? So generally, comics work off of a, between a four and eight second rule of having punchlines or something funny happening. 
And during the fringe, you've got an kind of stretch your legs and there's a beginning, a middle and an end to the shows. And there's always like a point. There's not always, but many, many, many comics and certainly the award winners. Um, so the more awards that were won, the more people started to do it was they have a poignant bit in the show. So the show's got a bit of heart to it. And, you know, people have done shows about the deaths of their parents. They've done shows about trauma that they've been through. They've done shows about their autism, shows about coming out, shows about everything. Every part of the human condition a stand-up comedian has done a show about. And the idea of club sets is that we kind of thumb our noses a bit at that and just go, if you, if you can't be bothered seeing comedy with a poignant ending that somebody spent a year of their life crying over um, and making sure it was fantastic and actually what you want is just to see people being funny for 20 minutes of the club sets that they do um, for being crowds on Friday and Saturday nights all over the country and all over the world um, and, you know, come, come and see club sets. And um, I just invite, I compare it and I invite guests along and they do their club sets. And yeah, it's usually a very good time. And yeah, I'm delighted that you're able to come along and do it. Simon, it'll be fun. Well, I'm really, really excited about it. And it's going to be, for, for me, it's a bit, it's almost, well, I don't know what's going to happen after it, but you know, but as far as this particular project or journey which was kind of a nice way to close the circle a little bit and then I can decide what am I doing the rest of my life after it you know I'm a real thrill I've been to Edinburgh so many times but the idea of actually looking at an audience with a microphone in my hand is just so exciting so and then your your, your late in life stuff can you tell me who, who's all going to be involved in that apart from your, your good self yeah, so Late and Live is a kind of fringe institution um, over the last 20 years or so. And um, Katie Corrin, who is the one of the directors of um, the Guild of Balloon, along with her mum, Karen Corrin, who's ran it for, for years and years. Um, well, it's her, it's her place. She started it. They had decided that the pandemic had given them that little break to reevaluate what late in life had become and um it's always been this sort of beast that um you know it was like i mean it didn't start till one in the morning so you would have acts going on at three in the morning the audiences would be you know completely out their faces um famously uh russell brand had a glass thrown at him comics end up naked on stage um there's a lot yeah there's loads and loads and loads of historic if people want to go and get google late in life um, there's a, I think there's a documentary which is now on YouTube, which is just all about the crazy things that happened during Late in Live, and all of your household named comics have all done Late in Live over the years, and it's just kind of, I suppose, this is a rebrand and a, and a kind of fresh start for it, and bringing it into 2022, we want it to be a bit less of a bear pit, but still have that sort of fun, chaotic, you don't know what's going to happen nature to it. Uh, so yeah, Katie's working with a team. And will it be you with, with the same the same people doing it every every night? So it's no, it's it's different. So there's different acts every night, but there's four there's four hosts who yeah, kind hosts of helmet. Me. Yeah, yeah. Um, so the four hosts will be uh, we, we're going to be taking it in turns to do nights throughout um, the fringe. So it's on a kind of rota of um, of the comics. So it's so Tanya Moore, Luke Conran, Kerry Pritchard, McLean, and myself are the four female hosts. And yeah, it's going to be fun. That's that's wonderful. And that will be starting. And it's that that starts every time you told me earlier on what time of the day that starts. It's quite late on, isn't it? Yeah, so it's a lot earlier than it used to be. So it's going to be from half 11 now. 
Um, so half 11 to the back of one, um, which is much, much better. Because I remember years ago being booked to do like one of the later slots on Late Live. And I remember going to my bed and setting my alarm for two o'clock to get back up to go and do Late and Live because <laughs> I was so knackered. Uh, woo, rock and roll. <laughs> <laughs> so you said that after after Edinburgh, um, obviously you've got children, so you can't go away on holiday. But what, what do you... What do you you know what happens immediately afterwards? Do you do you go straight into another set of shows the following weekend? Do you kind of take any time off comedy at all? No, I think I'm. Um, so the, the fringe finishes, and I think the first week um, after the fringe, I am I'm still in Edinburgh. I think I'm doing the Monkey Barrel comedy that weekend, and then I'm off to Birmingham and London. And so in September, I'm I'm away quite a bit in September. So. Yeah, it's just straight back into into the normal run of comedy, um, and you know you kind of need you need to do that. You need to set it up because most comics lose money during the fringe, so you've got to make sure you can pay the bills by so the end of September. <laughs> might might lose a bit of money, but they will be as sharp as anything after a month of consecutive shows as well. There'll so be, I mean, it's really, I suppose for again for people who don't again understand the kind of workings of, of of the kind of club comedy scene a really good time to go and see someone would be maybe the, the following weekend because they will be as sharp and as match fit as they're ever going to be yeah no absolutely I would say I'd say go and see people in September anytime in September um, if that comic's been at the fringe they're going to be they're going to be match fit and more so and then so we're now pretty much. This is going out. This is the first week. So you're pretty much. It's pretty much game on, and you'll be you'll be sort of ready to ready to you know welcome guests to your, all your various shows. Pretty much from Wednesday, the third. Yeah, is that? yeah. So we start on the third. Um, the kids show and the play start on the third, and um, club set starts on the fifth, which is the Friday. So yeah, just basically a week, a week to go. I think I'm in tech rehearsals on Sunday, and that will be it. Kind of once the tech, once I've gone into the tech rehearsals, that will be that will be everything up and ready. So for all the people who are listening to Laughter Unlocked and they're on, they're on the way through to Edinburgh on the train, well, hopefully the trains are running. <laughs> um, how do we? What's the simplest way to 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 get the information about your your shows and how to buy tickets? Is is there a particular website we can send them to? Um, you can go to watchthespaceproductions.com or you can go onto any of my social media and they all have link trees. So they've all got like the little link trees. So if you just like click on my bio and that will take you to um, a site which you can then choose which one it is that you want to find out more about and it'll take you directly to the ticket site to do that. So, And all of my social media is under at JJ Laughs, which is J-A-Y-J-A-Y-L-A-F-F-S. Perfect. Perfect. So the next time I see you in person will be through in Edinburgh on the, from the Friday the 19th, the Beehive. Oh, yeah. so excited. Jay, um, we're rapidly running out of time, but um, I know you're really busy, so I'll let you get back to, to juggling all the many things you're juggling at the moment as you get ready for Edinburgh. Uh, delighted to have you on the show again. Always really good fun chatting to you. And best of luck with everything. Thank you very much. Yeah, I'm excited. It'll be great to see you in Edinburgh. And uh, yeah, just remember to enjoy it. Well, you know, that, well it. yes, I'm glad you said that because sometimes I do forget just uh, take things a bit too seriously. Once, once, once I'm up and running, it's always the same, isn't it? Well, you get your first laugh and you start to enjoy it a lot more. Hopefully, I will get a first laugh. Yeah, I'm sure you will. No doubt, it'll be a good time. <laughs> Jay, thanks again, and I'll see you soon. All right, see you soon. Cheers, bye-bye. Bye bye.